Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is for you, and welcome to the very first episode of Human Nature. This podcast discusses human nature, like the name states, but more specifically social issues around our world and books relating to issues and so on. As we start off our first episode, Aliyah and I are going to be talking about The Kite Hunter by Khalid Husseini, a book that starts an Afghan boy going through and experiencing oppression, trauma, death, changes, and so much more throughout his life. I will begin by talking about ethnic oppression and how we can explain these issues to people who have never experienced it, and Aliyah will be continuing on with human nature and whether or not it is inherently good or evil in connection to the book. Starting off with The Kite Runner, this book really hits home, not necessarily personally, but I've heard real-life situations from others that correspond with the book. Let me give a brief summary of this book to better your understanding of my answer. Amir, the main character of the book, and Hassan, the son of the family servant, were best friends, and they lived together due to their circumstances, therefore grew close because of that. Hassan, who is of Hazara descent, an ethnicity within Afghanistan, was heavily oppressed and harassed in numerous ways due to the sole purpose of his ethnicity. Amir, who was not of Hazara descent, but was there to witness all of it, didn't do anything as he was a character who was both physically and mentally weak due to the lack of relationship and emotional connection with his dad, which brings the psychological effects of parental relationships. Unfortunately, it comes to a point where a bunch of other boys their age named Asif, Wali, and Kamal started raping Hassan and Amir witnessed it and bared the psychological trauma of witnessing his best friend get raped and decided that he could not bear to look his best friend in the eye anymore and decided that one of them must leave to their circumstances. As you can see, the book does a great job at truly showing the oppression Hazaras have to face on a daily basis, and with the recent takeover of the Taliban, it is only getting worse by the minute. The combination of physical, verbal, sexual, and so many other forms of assault, with the addition of ethnic cleansing and psychological trauma that comes with, truly represents how oppression and xenophobia, racism, etc. all exist very well this day and age, and it is important that we should recognize it and take action. The oppression that is being faced by Hazaras is unfortunately one of the many ethnic minorities who have to go through this on a daily basis, such as indigenous people, Palestinian citizens, and so many other minorities. I personally am not a Hazara, but I am Afghan, so I've been hearing these things from a young age, but as a first-generation immigrant, being far away from my homeland, I didn't know how to handle these things and how it could help from a non-Hazari perspective. Explaining the oppression you face as a minority to someone who is of the majority, or isn't a part of your said minority group, is tough, but there is no denying that whatsoever. Although, like I've mentioned earlier, it is difficult comprehending the oppression one faces if you are not part of that minority group. It is the individual's responsibility to take it in with an open mind and recognize their privilege in terms of ethnic and racial classifying. On a similar note, I feel like The Kite Runner and Dead Right Writer on the Floor by Drew Hayden Taylor have similarities within each other and in connection to the driving question as well. Both books have a basis of ethnic and racial oppression and deeper layers which show the internalized racism and xenophobia created to all the oppression happening in the world. In Dead Right Writer on the Floor, it is visibly shown that the characters have deep resentment towards the indigenous stereotypes that they have been written to portray, and it goes to the point where midway through the book, the characters transform to their ideal white selves that they have constructed as a way to repress their true identity. I saw a similar theme within The Kite Runner in terms of repressing one's identity in response to a traumatic event. Amir witnesses his friend getting raped due to his ethnicity, and for that reason, he goes into a state of repression, denial, and in general tries to erase this whole memory out of his head, which progressively goes to him cutting his best friend off as a form of repression. It is clear he wanted to dissociate from Hassan due to these things, and it shows the ethnic repression he falls into due to all these traumatic events. 
He then moves to the United States and goes into a further state of repression, but then realizes that this is not worth it and he needs to acknowledge his identity and past in order to move on. As you can see, both literature pieces had some form of racial and ethnic repression towards their identity, and reading this as someone who is not of indigenous and Hazara descent, you can comprehend how the oppression they face feels, even if you're not a part of oppressed minority. Concluding my segment for the podcast, I hope that you have taken away something from the examples and explanations of the kite runner that I have explained for you today, and I hope this helps you realize and acknowledge the ethnic and racial oppression that minorities around the world have to deal with. Explaining you things such as oppression and racism to people who don't necessarily face it might be challenging to do at first, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is that they listen to these experiences and struggles with open minds and at least the very minimum acknowledge these issues that, as they are and learn more to help more. That is it for now. Now we are moving on to Leah, who is going to explain human nature and whether it is inherently evil or not connected to the book. To start, the main book that I read was The Kite Runner. In short, this book was very emotional and a book that makes you appreciate where you are in the world today. The question I'm addressing today is human nature inherently immoral? Another word we can use is evil. At first, I thought this question seemed super shallow, but once I put more thought into it, it became more thought-provoking and I want to bring you guys along on my thought process for the rest of the episode. So the conclusion I came to based on the texts I looked at was that in some cases, I think that evil is embedded in the mind, and in most cases, it's influenced by the world around you and maybe even the power or position you possess. In short, I don't believe that there is a finite answer to this, and it really just depends on a case-by-case scenario. A special example when this is embedded in the mind is the kite runner. The main antagonist's name was Asif, and he grew up in the same conditions as Amir did, who was the protagonist of the story. As Rahil mentioned, Asif was a very bad person who seemed to thrive on hurting others around him. He committed countless acts of sexual, verbal, and physical abuse on his peers, and constantly tormented Amir's best friend Hassan. I believe in Asif's case he is inherently evil, because Amir grew up in the same conditions, but he acts the exact opposite towards other people and is a genuinely good person. So we can say for certain that his evilness is not due to the power he possesses, because he and Amir basically lived in the same circumstances. An example where evil isn't embedded in the mind is the poem we read called Monster by Dennis Saddleman. Saddleman writes, You're a monster built to devour innocent native children. You're a cold-hearted monster. Saddleman is referring to the people behind residential schools who are part of the Canadian government and the Roman Catholic Church. In this case, the people who ran these residential schools were not inherently bad people, and the power they possessed over indigenous people drove them to do all the horrible things that they did. Lastly, the third text I looked at was Leonard's story. Just to recap, Leonard was beaten by his stepfather many times, and his stepfather justified this by telling Leonard that he only did it because he loved him. From then on, that affected the way that Leonard expressed love, because he thought hurting people was the way to show it. He said, I measured love by how much pain someone would take from me. This all resulted in Leonard killing a mother and a child. In this specific circumstance, I believe that Leonard isn't at fault for his evilness because he was never taught any differently, and it was more the situation he grew up in as a child that shaped the way he acted in the present. Anyways, as we wrap this up, I would just like to address that even though people start off as bad people, and it may look like they'll never change, a little bit of love and forgiveness goes a long way. Take Leonard as an example. The grandmother and mother of the child he killed was named Agnes, and she saw past what he did and forgave him, which immensely helped Leonard onto the right path. 
It may look like people can never change, but a little bit of love and support can help even the most lost people. I would like to give a big thank you to all others involved in the making of this podcast. Stick around and watch episode 2 of Human Nature to hear Besma and Naomi's thoughts on the book Between the World and Us.